All right. All right. Welcome to the show. Welcome. I hope you're doing all right today. I hope your spirits are well. I hope your your mood is somewhat malleable. You know, not set, not, you know, open to change. I hope that's I hope that's where your mood lies. Open to be influenced. Open to be finagled into something uh you know generally when i generally when i say the word you i'm really talking to myself which is currently what i'm actually doing anyway but yeah the you that i refer to is is the me that needs to hear a lot of the times and uh whew, we got a doozy we got a doozy of a of a reading today i didn't know that i would be publishing this and I like doing this this audio version of the essay because it gives me an opportunity to reflect on it and maybe give a little background to to what what the piece is before before reading it or listening to it. It's kind of like the director's cut. <laughs> it's like I get to kind of have these uh, these two two perspectives. I get the pers- like I get the perspective now, which is or the story now of what this what this uh this essay is going to be uh and then i kind of get get to have a new a new look at it a fresh look at it but yeah i didn't think this was going to get shared so a few months ago I, i ended up uh i ended up getting arrested and i got arrested for some dumb shit um not that dumb shit i know what you're thinking Really, like, just, just, iris, like, really dumb shit. Like, I, I, the, the inability to be a responsible adult type dumb shit. I had a super speeder ticket. I hadn't paid it. They suspended my license. I had no idea it was suspended. I got pulled over for a tag light not being renewed. And they, they took me into jail. And I spent the night in jail. So, if you look at look at those things, it was just a total lack of uh, personal responsibility on my part. Just being being a being a lazy man child, essentially. So it, it allowed me to spend the night in jail. And uh, yeah, so I got out of jail, and uh, this feeling hit me, and this feeling was. You know, I went back to where I, I was living. You know, I'm living at a buddy's house in one of his rooms, and I'm sitting in the room, and I'm thinking, I'm 33 years old. Every decision I've ever made in my entire life has led me here, and I am deeply dissatisfied. I uh, I had to look at that, <laughs> and I was, you know, and and and. Um, yeah, so that that was kind of the inflection point where I I was like, well, I got to figure out like I got to man up here and I got to figure out what that looks like or I don't I don't even know how to do that, you know. I've been running around arting and and living in my dreams and, you know, just doing my best to try and like figure out where it is I want or go or whatever, you know, whatever you whatever I've been doing up until that point, you know, um something had to change. And, uh, 
Yeah. And so if you've been listening to the show, you know, that's uh, shortly after that, I met with Peter and I started meeting with Peter and uh, I started talking to and, and reaching out to other other people that have figured out, you know, how to establish independence and personal agency in their lives. And, you know, just really trying to follow that thread and, and trying to put myself in a position to be changed. And one of those things that I, that I implemented was, you know, waking up early, you know, so I could write, meditate, pray, all that stuff, stuff I've never really done. I've thought I've done it, but I've only done the things that I've, I felt like were those things. I've never listened to someone else's suggestions. And, uh, so yeah, so some stuff for the beginning of, of this process of, uh, you know, get it, you know, after, post jail, post night in jail in the beginnings of that process, you know, I was, I was writing pretty regularly and I had a lot of questions and, um, I was trying to figure some stuff out and the piece we're about to read is, was written one of those mornings. And, uh, yeah, I'm still, you know, I, it's a lot of the stuff I'm learning has to do with discipline, but it's not the discipline that I thought it was when I started this new journey. You know, it's, uh, it's a discipline that, that needs, that needs that. I don't, I hate, I don't like using the word need, but a discipline that, that needs to be applied, uh, regularly when needed. It's like prescription based discipline. <laughs> Cause like in one hand I may think, I don't know, everything like in my, in my realm and my organism of the, of whoever this is, like the psychology of, of Adam, the guy that's talking to you is different than the part of me that observes the organism of Adam. And I know that's a heady concept, but it's, but it's just, it's just being aware of how to put myself in a position to be treated. And so when I say like prescription based discipline, it really means like there's certain times that that discipline is required that I'm not expecting it to be required. And that's when I apply it. And so some of the, I guess like some of the patterns or some of the um, routines that I had set up in the beginning have been changing. So like, I can't even say, I can't even give you a specific, like what it looks like to what, I guess, what patterns of discipline I've been applying in my life. It's, it's irrelevant, you know, and I, there's a guy that I really, really admire named, uh, Seth Godin. And anytime somebody asks him what his routine is or his daily routine and like, he won't answer it because it's irrelevant. Like it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. But I'm always in super fascinated by what people actually do on a daily basis to maintain their level of being. But I digress. I digress. Here we go. We're I can't believe I've been talking for seven minutes. It feels like just a few, but here we are. I'm glad you I'm glad you joined us. I'm glad you're here. I hope you're doing well. This essay is a little heavy. So it's a little little heavy. Um, and, uh, yeah, it tells, uh, it tells a story. <laughs> so without further ado, let's go into it. Uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, some words that I'm going to read with you. And the uh, piece is called 
conscious surrender. the first thing you have to understand is what you are surrendering the general idea is that a state of surrender cannot occur until enough pain has shocked oneself into submission that the reality of life has brought you to your knees everything you've tried everything you've hoped for has proven to be false. A false prophet, a false dream, a false means of happiness or escape or freedom. Realizing that oneself has brought destruction to the very thing it's aiming at emboldening. When we talk of surrender, we're talking of the ego. The me I think I am. The me I think you are. The me that feels and believes. The me that walks around the world apart from it. Victimized by it. The center of the universe as it unfolds. The me that's trying to interpret, analyze, and get over on it. The me that thinks it knows the ways of the world. The first thing we have to understand is what we are surrendering. And I have a theory. Life will do it to us if we don't. That's where the pain comes in, the shock, the melancholy and the infinite sadness. Life will bring us into submission one way or another. It could happen with a heartbreak, a business loss, a family tragedy. It can happen at the very end, lying on our deathbed looking over the lives we've lived. Did we miss out? Are we scared? What's next? Did I really live? And then, lights out. Curtains closed. We can fight it. We cannot believe it. But then, it's over. Fought for ourselves to the very end. The first thing we have to understand is what we are surrendering. And I think it can be done consciously. I was sitting in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous a little over a year ago. I had just gotten out of a whirlwind of a depression, a solid three years of full-blown sadness. There's rap records to prove it, and I have no problem identifying with it. It's captured. It's there. It's part of me. And I like to say this all the time, and I'll say it now. (laughs) The sad boy is strong in this one so strong that it commandeered the entirety of my life. The pain of being was so overwhelmingly awful that it hurt to exist. I don't know what else to say, it just hurt. And I didn't know what to do, so I hurt. I hurt out loud. I hurt at meetings. I hurt in process groups and podcasts and essays and videos. I hurt at a microphone until my stomach clenched for lack of sustenance. I yelled and sang and spit whatever soul was dying as a means of self-preservation. 
It was the only thing I knew to do. Share. Share it as it died. And it was a damn struggle. It was also one of the most exciting things I've ever experienced. It was a real challenge, a real whooping up against reality. It was a give and take, back and forth fight that went well beyond 12 rounds. When I would get over on it, when I would realize what I had claimed, it was like standing on top of a mountain. I had beaten out on it today. I had succeeded. And I'd spend a day or two living in paradise, a paradise of myself, my mind, and my potential. A winning out against the lashings of life. And I was its master. Great tidings would approach as reward. And I'd wake up totally destroyed, choked out, suffocated and drowning in the undertow of reality. My mind wasn't any better, my heart still broken, my body devoid of sustenance and care. I'd sit and suffer, I'd stand and suffer, I'd watch movies and suffer, I'd call friends and suffer, I'd write songs and really, really suffer. I'd torture myself because I didn't know what else to do. I took it to reality. I fought tooth and nail, claw and clavicle, I would win out. I died over and over and over, only to be reborn in the exact same space. Anyways, I was in this meeting. I was there in this meeting, sitting in the back corner, totally anxious, totally uncomfortable and uncertain, which was a pretty normal occurrence. If I wasn't on stage, I was scared. If I was around other people, I was scared. If I was in line at the store, which I rarely ever did, I was scared. I avoided all potential human engagement. I waited until grocery stores were empty to shop, but I never stopped going to meetings. I would show up to meetings and hurt. I knew I could at least do that. So anyway, I'm sitting in this meeting, and this guy in the back corner starts to share. He starts talking about the third step of AA made a decision to turn our will and our life over to the care of God as we understand him. And he goes on to say that this is advanced AA, but has proven true. That if one is totally serious about the third step, totally serious about working this program of recovery, totally serious about honoring the program in the path, then the rest of your life is none of your business. The rest of your life is none of your business. And you can do this many times a day, as often as you like, in every moment available. If you sincerely take a third step, and you genuinely mean it, the rest of your life is none of your business. I felt something when he shared what he said. It rang true. This guy was right. I felt it, I heard it, and I knew it. It was the answer, plain as day. All of my life, all of my choices and decisions, all of my actions as a means of making something of myself, making something of the world, all dissipated. It was none of my business, and I felt a taste of freedom. It lasted uh, three minutes, (laughs) because as soon as the lights turned on, I was right back where I'd always been and had no idea what to do with the information. I looked around the room and saw people talking. 
The anxiety crept back in, and I sat still while the room engaged with one another. Someone recognized me, said some words, and I responded. I sat. I waited. Maybe my answer would come. Maybe someone would tell me what to do. I waited around, and nothing happened. I stood up and went outside where people were having smokes and talking. People stared out of the corners of their eyes as I stood, waiting to know what to do. Nothing happened. I walked to my car and drove home. I think about what that guy shared all of the time, but not nearly enough. Because the first thing I have to understand is what it is that I am surrendering. Life, camera, action. Conscious surrender. A willingness to die, a desire to be free, removed from the toils, trials, and tribulations of a life, a reality that digs spikes into my veins and pretends he's someone, pretends he's special or important, imagines he's a somebody, takes his pain and warps it, wraps it in a bow, hand-delivered to your inbox, transmuted and transferred. Here, take this. It's mine, but you can have it. That's not surrender. That's self-flagellation. You are not ready. Like everyone else, you want to learn the way to win, but never to accept the way to lose. To accept defeat, to learn to die, is to be liberated from it. So when tomorrow comes, you must free your ambitious mind and learn the art of dying.